What's up, guys? It's Ace Coleman here with the Champion Blueprint Podcast, and today's guest is Brady Myers. Brady Myers just won the 2024 ASA Hoyt Pro-Am in the Open Pro class. Levi Morgan shot a 14, and Brady had to shoot a 12. Is that is that right? A 12? That's right. You had to shoot a 12 to win the title, and that that was the craziest donut inside out shoot off had to judge it it's it's insane so but brady is from gettysburg pennsylvania and yeah he shoots ibos i've seen him um with the ibos um but i haven't really seen him much at asa so it's good to see him there but um dude welcome yep thank you so brady what got you in archery in the first place so I started shooting when I was about eight years old. I believe my dad got me a hunting bow and I just like shooting in the backyard. And I started going with my uncles and my one cousin. They all shot state tournament every year, just the indoors. And uh, so I started going to a shop, Alpha Archer used to be called. He's now closed. His name is Ken Haynes, owner of it. And uh, his boy, Levi Haynes, some people might know, he wrestles for Penn State. And uh, he got... He had really helped me get it, get going, and I ended up shooting my first state tournament when I was eight, and I won that, and then I just kind of got hooked from there. I started shooting a show at the Great American Outdoor Show here in Pennsylvania. They always had a 3D tournament there. I shot that every year until I was about 11, and uh, when I got to be 11, I started getting into more outdoor field and hunter a lot. That's what we shot mostly for states, field and hunter indoors, and I kept on shooting that. And the, when I turned 13, this was the first year I started shooting IBO. So I started off in there, and I went right into a 13-, 14-year-old class and then didn't even realize that I could actually shoot in the Cub class. So I ended up shooting the first two shoots in the 13-14 and did all right. And then, ended, and then I realized that I could actually be in the Cub. So for the third leg, it took crown, switched down to Cub, and Actually shot a score so high, everyone thought it cheated. Had to show my birth certificate. <laughs> but uh, I won my first world championship then in 2017 and just pretty much hooked from there. I just loved the shooting the IBO. So, yeah, when did you first start shooting ASA? Last year was my first year shooting ASA. I wasn't able to get to all of them because my dad never had a lot of vacation. Just not enough to get down there and we always like to hunt and stuff. So it just wasn't enough time for me to do it. But uh, since last year was my first year shooting pro, I made time to make it down to all of those. Absolutely, man. That's what you have to do and um, props to you for that. So who is a big mentor or coach that you've had uh, when you first started shooting that's really helped you? Yeah, so I had a couple people throughout the years. I'm I was primarily self-taught and my dad, he helped, I mean, he helped what he could and he just, he didn't know a lot, especially tournament archery. He had no idea how tournament archery worked for the most part until I got really into it. So like I said, Ken Haynes, he really helped me get started and he would work on my bows and all that. So we eventually figured that all out ourselves. And uh, I went to Larry Wise when I, I believe I was 12 or 13 and he helped like tweak my form a little bit. And, and then actually a little bit before that, uh, 
local guy around here. He used to be a really good shot back in the day. Uh, his name is Andy. He helped me before that. Then I got to a point where I wanted to go to Larry to really step my game up a little bit better. And I was already shooting good. I just wanted to be in the next level. So he, Larry helped me from there. And uh, I went back to him a little later, maybe a year later. And form-wise, I mean, he he had nothing to tell me. So he said, you look great. It's all between the ears now, pretty much. So, And then uh, Christy Collin helped me f- with the mental side of things for a little bit, for a little while. And then that was the last person that really, really helped me, like, shooting as far as shooting-wise goes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, Chrissy. Chrissy Collin. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Larry Weiss has written some books about archery I've seen. Um, classic, classic guy. Very awesome coach. So, um, and then of course, your local guys. Props, props to it's Kent. Ken Haynes. Yes. Very nice. So, um, what's a significant challenge that you've had when, like, you're getting better at tournament archery, like with your form or your mental game that these coaches are able to help you out with? Yeah, so my biggest problem was when I got target panic. I think I was 11. I might have been 11 just going on 12. I can't remember. I don't exactly remember. I try not to remember, to be honest. But that was a real struggle for me. And I kind of got out of that on my own. I can't even remember who really helped me for that. I just, I switched to hinge and I really, I shot a ton of blank build, a lot of aiming drills. And I eventually worked my way out of that. And I have, that was the last time I shot a button was when I was like 11 or 12. I've never shot a button release for any sort of tournaments just because of that. That's the reason I shoot hinge, a hinge release. So, but yeah, I pretty much got out of that one myself, but that was probably my, biggest struggle there with archery absolutely yeah i i can remember personally um you know we always shoot a wrist rocket when you're first starting out and then the next transition is usually now it's time to shoot a button and i shot a button i didn't realize i was shooting it wrong um when i was first learning it like you could punch it several different ways but um i remember the first time i ever tried a hinge it had a click in it. As soon as I got it to the click, I ripped that sucker and it went straight left. Straight yeah. left. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. it, it's like I just had to to get really close to the target and just learn how it worked and um, put it on a string, like a piece of paracord, figure out how to anchor and everything, how to set the release, start cold, and then, yeah... So I'm sure you had a similar experience. Yeah, I actually started with no click, and I, I did that for a while. I just never could get it to work for me, especially – it's probably because I was so new. I just really wanted to lean towards the click, and I eventually taught myself to use the click. So I don't I don't use the click as part of my process. When I'm As I'm anchoring, it is normally one of my release clicks, or I click before I even start aiming. So basically a click is more of my setting point. It's nothing to do with me pulling through, and I, that, it never bothered me. Like I know some people get real jumpy with it, but it, I've been 
pretty relaxed with it. And I've shot it for years now. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point for people that are new listening to this. The click is not really... Like, some people say it's a safety, and it technically is. But, like, we just want the click to kind of help prevent us from over-rotating the handle one way or the other when we're shooting and to have a consistent starting point, I would say. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah, so... But anyway... um as far as the mental game, is there anything um, special that you would do for the mental game? Um, more, I really got to focus on indoors more. When I get in, indoors, I'm I'm still struggling with this today, but you, I really, I get myself wandering, and that's normally when I miss is when my mind's wandering. So the biggest thing I had was focusing on a keyword or a key phrase, which is what Christy really helped me with focusing on that phrase and it's it's been helping me but i'm but indoors is just always a struggle for me and when i'm shooting 3d i i just relax i guess i enjoy it more maybe it helps but i'm also when i'm judging i'm focusing on numbers so i'm right. my mind's occupied not on making the shot so i'm focusing on other things i'm not thinking about yeah i gotta break this really clean shot i'm focusing on is this number right or my little high? Am I going to rise up? So normally I can execute a good shot for 3D. But I, if you can keep like sort of that mindset, just focus on, for me, this works for me. I don't know about anyone else, but just focusing on anything other than making that perfect shot actually helps me more in 3D. But in indoors, it's just everything you can do from just not – not letting your mind wander, just focusing on what you're aiming at is what really helped helps me the most. Exactly. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it um, with judging. It's like your shot is really the last thing you really should be focusing on. You got to make sure mm -hmm. that the distance is right and you're aiming in, in the right spot. Do you ever like, this is just a side question, but like, do you ever pull back on a target and you judge it and you put your scope in the middle and it's like my number is way off and you have to like change it or change how you're aiming or change your sight. Yeah. So you're not allowed to change your sight once you draw back. So, okay. So I, I have before moved up and down and, you know, sometimes it's, it's bad. Sometimes it's good. And it's, it's, you gotta get it enough to really, be able to tell a difference because i know i've done it before and it didn't end good i ended up shooting right where i was aiming so yeah that definitely happens like almost once a tournament it feels like wow anyway so as far as like course management and um, making sure you're not going i guess too aggressive how like what's your mindset when it comes to when you first get on a course what are you really looking to do um, for like the first five targets? So for me, I'm still so new to the ASA. IBO is pretty simple. It's you're kind of you got one. You're, there's not much of a course management. You just gotta you're hitting the middle. ASA is a totally different. It's more a lot of strategy goes into it. So last year I was I didn't perform well probably because. Mostly because I just was trying so many different things. I never got anything to work. 
So actually before uh, Foley, Levi Morgan just put out a judging video. And it is a great video for anyone that wants to watch and learn how to judge. So pretty much I watched that and it kind of helped me confirm what I wanted to do. So he goes for all lowers, Levi, and basically I'm the total opposite. I want to go for all uppers. So my so what I try to do, I try to walk up and I get there's normally number one number that pops in your head when you're just looking at it. But I try to get a range of like three numbers. So when I'm and then I decide which number I want to go for. So if it ends up I normally end up taking my lower number and aiming hard at the upper because it gives me way more room to fall. And for me, I'm more than likely always judge low. So it really helps keep me in that 10 ring. I, I only had, I didn't actually, I only had one shot from a bad number this past weekend. So that's what, that's what works for me for it. For someone else it can be different, you know, shooting, you overjudge them. So going for the lowers is probably your, best idea would be the best idea for that but yeah it's it's definitely a strategy that goes into it absolutely um i i was behind jack wallace at a tournament once and i was listening to him talk to someone and he said that um talking about this guy that used to shoot and he could judge and get the number every single time but he never put the pin in a good spot and he never set his sight in in a good spot and he was like if I could have just set his sight for him and told him where to aim, he would have hit everything because yeah. he always got the number. So like that's that's a lot of strategy, um, it sounds like. But as far as the upper strategy, you see that a lot in like the known classes. A lot of guys will just naturally hit low or, you know, like the upper is, I guess, easier to see um, in many cases. But... Yeah, so you judge low mm-hmm. on most every target, and you usually aim hard at the upper, and yep. it'll, it'll just kind of fall out. And if you're if you're lucky, you'll just get the bottom of the upper, and that's kind of yep. what you're wanting to do. Yeah. So, and two, if I need, if I really need the points, I will start putting my number straight on, straight at the upper. But because, but I still rarely shoot out the top because I'm. I always tend to judge low, but uh, yeah, that's, it's really what you're comfortable with. And for me, the upper is easier to aim at because I, when my pin, when I hold on the lower, my pin likes to, as soon as it bobs out, which you I get a little bit of movement. So it'll bob into the eight ring and it really freezes me up. So I can't break a clean shot when I'm aiming at the upper. I'm normally floating from the top of it down to the bottom and back up. So it works out works out good for me. Absolutely. So your pen is always inside the ten ring. It's never gonna leave the ten ring. Yeah, most of the time I never leave the ten ring. Exactly. That makes sense, man. So um for anyone that's wanting to shoot in the open pro class or they're wanting to judge, as far as getting a strategy for judging and learning targets, what advice would you give that person? Yeah, so you basically if for ASA you just need to you need a strategy and I don't know really how to tell someone to practice judging. If you've got targets, of course, studying them targets. But really for me it was experience, just shooting unknown for six years now. 
And just recently, I mean, last year was my first year shooting unknown out to 50 yards. And I it was a big learning experience for me last year to really get to where I'm at now. So if you just like I was saying earlier, if you if you're shooting ASA and you tend to overjudge, I would almost always go for lowers would be something to try. Or if you underjudge, go for uppers. You can try to play the rise or the fall. I know some people do that and it works sometimes for me, but I tried that a lot last year. I just could not get anything going with it because I, I don't know. It just, it's not the same. I feel like I don't break as well when I'm trying to aim in the middle, unless I can actually see the 10 ring. It's just, it, it, I seem to still miss low and then I just never catch any 12s. So I'm better off just aiming right at them for me. But I know some guys do that. I don't know how um, many, but I've heard people talking about it. But that's the best idea. Absolutely. That's that's a really cool idea. I, I personally I would try aiming right at the ring and because yeah. you're going to aim smaller and I feel like your feedback on your number and how you mm. set your sight would be more instant. You would know, hey, my number was on as soon as the arrow hit the target. Now if you're aiming in nothing almost, there's no like yeah. clear, clear area to tell. It's, it's kind of, I'm sure it's harder to tell, like, was I, was I on? Was it a good shot? You know? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just easier when you're aiming at, like you said before, you're aiming at a small spot. So you really got to key in on that. So it's, it's much easier to break a good shot and, you know, and you'll know if you're going to rise or, you know, if you rose or you fell on that shot. For sure. So um, tell us a little bit about the sponsors you have and like the bow company site release. Yeah. So I signed with PSC my first year shooting pro last year and uh, actually re-signed with them this year and uh, shooting for B3. I signed with them this year for the next couple of years and America's best bow strings. I just signed with them as well this year. So excited to be a, uh, a part of all their teams and uh, shoot uh, specialty archery and bow doodle air arrest, black eagle airs and conquest. So a lot of, a lot of great companies and uh, they support me well. So yeah. Uh, which uh, release are you shooting? I'm shooting the B3 coupe. Gotcha. Classy. So yeah. um, which bow are you shooting? Like which model? Uh, uh, Dominator Duo 38 with the SE2 cams. Okay. Nice. And what's your draw length? Right at 31 on the cam. That's that's a good spot to be in. I've heard on those cams. Yeah, it's definitely a, yeah, it's it's in a good spot for that SE2 cam too, and I can get fairly good speed, so I can push a lot of as much weight as I can with my arrow. For sure. So. As far as your bow setup, what makes a setup shoot really good for you? Like, what variables are you looking at the most? Are you looking at holding weight, draw length? What variables so, do you prefer? For me, it's most important thing is to get my draw length, make it comfortable for me. I really like the 38 because of the string angle. This is the whole reason I shoot 38 and not 40. I've shot 40s in past years, but and PSE never had a 40 axle to axle bow. So, that's why I've 
pretty much stuck with the 38 from even last year, and I don't shoot the Super X. It's all, for me, it's string angle. It's not that one shoots better than the other. But the important thing, too, for me, I got to get my drawing. It has to be right for me to execute a good shot, even just holding-wise. If if it's a little short, a little long, I can I can definitely see more movement, and I don't have – it won't break as clean. But, yeah, I normally run my holding weight not too heavy with my hinge, about 17 and a half to 18 pounds normally. But, yeah, that's what's important to me there. Absolutely, man. So as far as getting your draw length set up, what uh, do you have like a process you always go to to make sure you have your draw length set? So I pretty much can tell by what feels good. So I take my bows year to year. So like last year's indoor setup, before I put new strings and everything on it, I measured everything to make sure I get my bow for the following year exactly the same. And this year I actually tweaked a few things. I think I'm shooting a, about a 16th of an inch, maybe eighth of an inch longer than it was last year. Just, I shot well last year, just didn't, something just wasn't feeling right. So then I, what I do, I take, I have three bows and I shoot my indoor bow for all season, for all indoor season. And then I take my 3DDs and I copy that. I really fine tune how I like my indoor bow, get, get it shooting well. And then I just transfer that right to my 3D bows. So then I have two 3D bows set up identical with different arrows for one for ASA, one for IBO. And I was actually, last night I was shooting both of them just side by side, just feeling them both. Make sure they both feel really, really close. And that's that's how I've been doing it. For me, it works. It worked out pretty good last year as in shooting-wise. It just last year I just had to figure out the judging part. Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to get into the judging part more. But as far as having two different bow setups, one for IBO and one for ASA, what are the key differences? So for me, it's just arrow weight. Okay. So I got for ASA, I'm running 26s with 120 grain point, and for IBO, I'm running 23s with 120 grain point as well. Which that weight there kind of offsets, and I think my poundage is about one pound difference. So it ended up being that my ASA bow shooting 294, my IBO bow shooting 304, so it worked out pretty good there. I just I just play around with point weight and stuff, see what I can get to shoot the speed and shoot well, and that's where I ended up this year. So at your draw length, what kind of poundage are you running to get those speeds? Uh, one of my bows is 67, one other one is 68, I believe. I can't remember which one was which now. Very nice. Okay. So as far as judging, you, you mentioned that you had some issues last year, like you just didn't judge the exact same way, I guess. You were looking at different ways to judge. Tell us a little bit about that transition from trying things out to kind of sticking with something that you really like. Yeah, so last year, I went fully was my first, it was my first pro 3D, first time shooting under 50. So, I mean, I'm pretty fresh going into it. And that was a disaster. I shot 13 down the first day. And what I, what I went into that tournament doing was trying to play the rise. That's what, instantly, that's what I wanted to do because I felt like that would be the safest. And I learned pretty quick that it didn't work for me. So, you know, I've been, the next one I'd try, I'd try holding hard at them and then I'd shoot eight and get discouraged. Then I'd get back to trying to do the play the rise 
and it just never worked out. And I did it almost all season. I actually started shooting some uppers, but then I would kind of change, you know, and not have like a process. And that's what really helps me. If I have like some, I got to stick with something the whole time. Like this past weekend, I started off actually, I was five down after the first four targets. I shot five. So I just stuck with it. I was like, I got to keep trying it, you know, something's got to work. And I feel like this, for what happened last year, which I missed a ton of targets low, this has to be probably the best option for me. And it really worked out in the end there. I started, I didn't hit a 12 or a 12 to like the ninth or 10th target the first day. And then I got, once I got used to it and started figuring out, like, I just, it, part of it's because I haven't seen targets in a while. Because we living up here in Pennsylvania, I have no McKenzie's. There's no local shoots around, so right. so once going that strategy really worked out. And for IBO, it's it's kind of same old. You just same old thing. I mean, you're aiming in, you're aiming for the middle. And as the season goes on, I slowly get better normally. As with the judging, I get to see more targets and all that. But it, it's just being safe, and you got to take in all the all the factors. You got to. Look at every little hump if you can't see that piece of ground and just think how, how many yards could that target be back there behind that is really what comes down to. You got to just really pay attention and uh, sound judging too. Sound judging is important. I was about to bring that up. Do you sound yeah. judge? Yeah, I, I really started getting better at that last year, which you can't do it in amateur classes. So last year I was really learning how to do that because most amateur classes other than semi-pro – they're kind of wherever, you know, shooting different speeds, especially especially IBO because you don't even know who you'll be shooting with. You're not shooting with your class all the time. So I'd be shooting with a guy shooting 260 and the next guy would be shooting 320. So it's you can't sound judge. And that's something I really started getting better at, and I was a lot better this year at it. Nice. Yeah, so do you have to ask Levi, hey, how fast you're shooting? Uh, I, I just assume everyone's right around 290. And uh, I know Levi, he's probably pushing as much as he can. So we, for sure, most unknown guys right at that 290 mark, every bit you can get is better. So, absolutely. So, um, as far as day two, how was day two? Uh, day two was phenomenal. I was just seeing perfect numbers and, uh, I still got my safe numbers and I really just kept taking the middle one because I, I needed rings. There's no doubt I had to shoot a really good day and I ended up shooting uh, 18 up for day two, but no eights either. So really I just, I started out first target. I think I kind of held centerish just to get a feel for things, you know, took my higher number and maybe, maybe I'd rise into it. And I still do the rise sometimes just to try to play safe. If I can really see what I'm aiming for, and then a second target, and it's like, yeah, it kind of looks like the first one a little. I'm going to put this number right on it and just hit. And I think I, I went, shot three twelves in my first five targets. And after that, it just started seeing numbers really well. And uh, it kept getting better and better. And towards the end, I was like, oh, I can make it in here. Just got hit one more 12, and I got real aggressive and almost missed one. But it ended up uh, working out in the end, so... Did you have to have that 12 to get in the shoot-off? Not actually. 
actually, we kind of, I thought I might have, it was going to be 50 50 if I didn't hit my last arrow because they, they messed up scoreboard and they had McCarthy's name on there twice in two different scores yet. So I didn't even realize that I didn't have to get the last one, which I'm glad I hit it. So I, there was a, it was actually the Impala and the line on the Impala runs just under 12. So I took my 12 number, what I thought would really needed it to be and I added a half yard and just smoked the bottom of it so yeah it worked out good that I went for that there at the end for sure tell us about the five target shoot off and then the final the final shot yeah so going in there I'm just happy to be there at this point and if I win I win if I lose I lose I really didn't care and that's what really helped me and yeah it just just gotta be happy you made it that far so so I went Absolutely. in there. I sh- the first one, I I could see it very well. I could see the whole 10 ring. So I was like, I'll just – I actually had no idea how far it was. It's tough judging inside for me, especially me. I know Dan, he said he came back after we were judging. He was like, man, I, yeah, I have no idea what these are. So, <laughs> so, we're, all like, so we're all like, really, we we don't know. I mean, it's it's just really tough for all, even all of us. And uh, so I'm – I judged for 44 and a half yards, Coyote. And when I was listening to the open uh, women's pro shoot, it sounded farther than that. So I went out there and I'm like, I really would hate to shoot it low because if I'm going to miss, I'll probably miss it low. So I went, I added three yards to that number. And I just held center. I was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to hit it, I'm going to catch the top of the 12. And it ended up catching the bottom of the 12, which I was definitely two and a half yards off probably on my number. So made a good decision there. Smart decisions would really came down to. And then from there, it's pretty easy to find numbers because once you shoot one, they're kind of side by side so you can figure them out. So I should hit that one. And then I like, I just wanted to hit tens from there. So I shot the black pig and hit a 10 on that one. And I think Levi ended up catching it. So I moved on to the, the Impala and I, I felt really confident number, so I aimed right for that one, and I got that one. So now I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I got a chance to win this. But I don't want to – I like to stay on the podium. I first shoot off. So I made it to Turkey, and I shot a 10 on Turkey. And then we get to the last one. For me, I was actually in a lucky position because my last target was the closest one. It's probably mm-hmm. it was 31 yards. And I was – what was I? I was – I was only one point ahead of Levi at that point. So I'm just standing there looking. I was like, if I shoot a 14 on this target, I could really just about wrap things up if Levi don't hit the 12 on this next one. And uh, but I was thinking back, I was really watching the field, see what guys, where guys are hitting the targets, especially the close one. I kept looking at that target. And I watched Dan miss it by like a whole inch and a half low. And I'm like, man, yeah, that makes me nervous shooting at this 14. And I don't want to, like, blow my chance for the final error. So I ended up shooting a 12 on that, and Levi did hit a 10. So that gave me a three-point lead. And then so I get into the final arrow, and I'm standing there like, yeah, I can, I can win this. I hope you don't hit this 14. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking so – I'm just thinking, well, I'm already – I'm happy. Uh, I'm guaranteed to get second with a 10. So I'm just happy to be here. It's the 14. I was like yeah. – well, I had two different numbers in my mind. So 
one number for a safe 10, just aim standard 10 if you missed the 14, and then another number if I needed a 12. So I put it on that number and I was just like, I just kept thinking numbers, trying to distract myself. And I just, as soon as that buzzer clicked, I drew back right away and put it right there. And to, I actually surprised myself. My pin sat on that 12 and never moved. You know, just a perfect shot. So yeah, it couldn't, it couldn't have gone much better, even in my mind. So yeah, it's incredible, man. I, I like how you just focused on the fact that you're just glad to be there. That's that's pretty much the best thing you can do. It's incredible. Yeah, so. just to make it to that point, I mean, you shot that well. You should just be happy, happy to be there shooting. For sure. So with your sight picture, I, I personally thought it was really dark in, in the arena. Um, What kind of peep aperture are, are you running right now? I'm running a 332nd, and I have a one-and-a-half clarifier in. Okay. I'm shooting a five-power lens, so it's pretty – it is really clear setup what I got going. The only thing is the clearer you get normally, I'm sure you notice for me, it's the pin gets worse really bad. So I get a fuzzy pin for that clear setup. What I learned over the years to deal with that pin. So, but I didn't have too much trouble seeing. I definitely had trouble seeing the black pig in the back. I had a really hard time focusing in on that one and the turkey, both the black targets were tough. The brown ones were easy to, pick out the core lines and I believe uh, one or two of them I could see the 10 ring actually in my lens so it, it wasn't too bad it was just that black pig was tough and actually if, if I had one bad shot there and shoot off it was on that black pig I had a line or 10 to the right and it was partially because I was struggling to find where I needed to be so I didn't break the cleanest shot but uh, yeah it wasn't the easiest to see out there for sure yeah, it that was dark. It's very dark. I, I did not like the black targets, but um yeah, so are you going to indoor nationals? No, I'm not gonna be there. Figure it out. Uh indoor nationals is probably my least favorite shoot, so I figured I'm gonna skip out on that one. Five me and five spot don't get along too well, so just gonna it's, stay focused 3D. It's basically at this point, it's like you're blank bailing mm-hmm. and just have to stay focused. It's so nerve-wracking. I, th- I think it's yeah. nerve-wracking because it's so simple, you know. Oh, yeah. It's not hard to shoot a 60X, but when you get up there, you just make it hard on yourself. Well, I do, at least. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It just beats me up mentally. For sure. So, well, all right. Um, where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Facebook, just Brady Myers on Facebook. And then my Instagram username's archery underscore 2004. And then that, that's mostly where only social media I'm on. So, and I also have a YouTube channel. It's called PA Pursuits Outdoors. I Mostly just my hunting as it goes on there. I might get some target stuff in the future, but I'm still working on all that. Just kind of, I don't take the time I need to do for it, but we're going to try make some better videos in the future on there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I'm going to get my camera right now, which is actually my phone. And I'm going to swap this around. Okay, there we go. So we have some questions. Let's see if we have any questions pulled in here. 
Very nice. Okay. Who is this guy? Okay. This guy, Tucker Max 8, has a question. Do you use any daily affirmations or utilize a mental coach? I feel like that's no. a joke. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, next question from E. C S temper E C temper my competition setup tour. Oh, that's something different. Um, he does have a question though. And it is what got you started in your shooting career? Who are your biggest archery inspirations? So mainly, I guess my dad really got me started shooting archery, but, uh, just shooting with my uncle as I kind of just took interest in it and really just wanted to decide I really want to compete. I really liked it going to States with them and basically just as all I wanted to do other than hunting and uh, biggest archery inspirations. When I was younger, I mean, it's probably Levi Morgan because I love 3d. So definitely Levi Morgan. And I, I always seem to watch just Jesse Broadwater a lot too for the target side of things and chance, but mainly probably Levi. Very nice. Now you live in South West South, Pennsylvania, uh, more South central, maybe even a little Easternish. Do you ever, um, shoot with Levi? Uh, he's in Pennsylvania. No, nah, he's, he's more Western side. I believe he's probably like three to three and a half hours from me. So I, yeah, I never, we never shot or anything like that. Gotcha. No worries. So, Jason Hoanna asks, his bow set up the whole nine yards? It's important, but, I mean, the most important thing in archery is metal. And so, the bow set up, and if, if you're happy with your bow set up and it feels good, I mean, that's that's definitely important even to your mental side of things. If you're down your setup, then you, you don't have something set up right, or it's not going to work if you're not liking your setup. So really you just got to find what works for you, what, what you perform under pressure the best with. And that may take a, take a while to figure out, but uh, yeah, you just got to play around with them kind of things. For sure. I, I think he was probably asking like specifically the equipment you're using. So if you want to go into detail about that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for talking for 3d, I'm running a 68, I think 68 pounds on the ASA bow, but a PS 26, 120 grain points and then biter knocks. And I, I'm running two degree right helical on a blade rest. I can just get enough clearance with 26 is running two degree it may even be a little bit more than two degree how i haven't fletched but uh yeah it's pretty forgiving for me just the way them 26 is just a big arrow you know I, this is the first year i ever shot 26s but for me they're just they're i feel like they're almost as forgiving if not more forgiving than my 23s so definitely working good there awesome yeah this is the first year i've shot 26s in a couple years I, I shot 23s just because I have a short draw length and I needed speed. And I felt like even for known, it's a lot easier having a short side tape. Um, 
it's a lot less that can go wrong, it seems. So, yeah. but yeah, they shoot really, really well. Yeah, they do. So, um, let me see here. I want to get the other questions. Adam Wagner asks, what is the biggest chat or what is the biggest change Brady made to his shot process that has made the most difference in his success? For me, my shot process has been pretty similar. And if we're talking like like what my process is to full draw and everything like that. I don't think I've really changed anything. I've always shot, I've always shot kind of the same kind of shot. But the one thing, especially on the indoor side of things, is I need to get the shot off quick. Is for me because once the longer I hold, the worse the outcome is. Especially indoors, I have trouble once I get in my release too long. I get kind of get tension and I just don't get my shot to break. So for me, it's the really get on that shot quick. That's what I learned in the shoot-offs. Don't, there is no hesitating because you don't have much time to let down. If you do let down, then it's just more pressure to get that shot off. So to get on that, get on it and make the cleanest shot possible as quick as I can. Wow, that's excellent. Cody Lippincott asks, how did you figure out how far the targets were? <laughs> yeah, I just kind of figured that out as I went, really. He says, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. And that is all of our questions. So congratulations again, Brady. You shot awesome this weekend, and uh, we are definitely excited to see how the rest of your season goes. Thank you. All right, guys.